Welcome to the Winners Get Waffles podcast with Brandon Buckner, Zach Leonard, and Matt Heron. Let's get going. Podcast. Uh, today it's just me and Coach Leonard. We're um, filling in for Coach Buckner, who's helping his sister move out. Um, so what we've got today is I've been, as everybody has, kind of stuck at home thinking about, hey, what the heck are we going to do this year? And something that I was wondering is, is how, as a coach, do you like to put speed in space? Um, I guess for you, it's how would you defend speed in space? But uh, that's kind of just been a thought on my mind. How can we get speed in space? All right. Um, I really, I really like that. I think defensively for me, it's all about how you use your numbers. You know what I mean? So we've got a certain amount of numbers and we can look at uh, the field and stuff like that. So this year, especially we're going to be more field and boundary based. So I'm really going to focus on, again, I've told you before, but we run a four, three, um, so, you know, anytime you're in a four, three or four or most four, two, fives, you kind of have that extra number to play with to one side. So instead of always putting it to the strength where you can kind of get manipulated, sometimes I'm going to try to keep that guy to the field and really, really take away space over there. Um, the other thing I think that's really, well, you jump in there, I guess. Uh, what do yeah. you think about that? Well, well uh, I think. Personally, I like running into the boundary. That's, I mean, we ran into the boundary a bunch this year. It, it, and, and with our outside zone, what it does is it gives us a little bit more of an incentive to get north and south and really hit that crease um, and get vertical. But uh, there, you'd be surprised how many teams that we like look at on film. You're like, man, they're just going to the field. They're going to the field. They're going to the field over and over and over. So, and that's just offensively. And we're scouting a defense seeing teams go that way that that's why i think it's a good idea to put an extra number into the boundary and i'm sorry into the field and, and kind of make that boundary more of your um i don't know not maybe slower players but strength players in that area yeah i definitely think you got to have some good football players over there because you know now we do a few things to take the pressure off of those guys over there but you know, if you're going to have an extra number, you got to put it somewhere. And I think field makes the most sense. Now, if it is a tight end situation, stuff like that, we can bump everything, but I still want my fast field type players to the field. So that's the main thing. But you are right about personnel. I mean, I'm going to have my bigger, thicker middle linebacker, you know, who's really physical and can really, uh, uh, a really good football player there and our backside Safety is, you know, going to be a really good tackler, a little bit more aggressive. He's kind of like a hybrid player for us. So, yeah, you got to – if you're going to do that, you got to have good football players into the boundary for sure. Are you kind of using the boundary as like an extra force over there, kind of kind of like a corner? Just a, It's really your contained guy. If they run out of bounds, it, it's a tackle made. So you're kind of incentivizing teams to run into the boundary – and play in a phone booth and a lot of teams these days really don't want to do that um is that kind of your thinking behind it uh 
Kind of. I mean, I definitely don't want it to get to the boundary. You know, we still got our our guys that should be setting the edge way before that, mm -hmm. but you're just taking away more space. So to me, it's not really about the boundary. It's about the field. And I don't want to be manipulated to the field. You stick your strength into the field, one motion, they got whatever they want to the field. You know what I mean? And they're really putting stress on who already, you know, is our, our bigger, most our most prototypical uh, linebacker from back in the day, you know, the, the thicker guys who are going to take on a lot of ISOs and stuff like that. We don't, we don't necessarily want him in a bunch of space. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have to cover as much ground in, in pass drops per se. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, do you think anything, what could get you unbalanced and have you move those guys maybe somewhere that they're not comfortable? What do you mean? Like, is it, is there any form? Have you, come up with anything where it's like maybe they've got three by one with the back to the field and, and, and four passing threats to the field. Does that affect you, how you're going to align to anything um, over there and maybe pull, have to pull a backside, a boundary guy across to, to do something like, who's well, we have that as an option. Definitely. We have that mm -hmm. as an option. That's one of our uh, base coverages for uh, trips is if the back, is over there we can always check and get number get our backside safety coming to help on number three and that gives us that extra number to the field what's a little tough and i think especially in the four three you you kind of need to have some type of answer for is trips into the boundary mm. because you know a lot of teams will put trips into the boundary you don't want to necessarily overcommit and you know panic because a lot of people will do it you know like anything, it's a game plan situation, but people will put trips into the boundary and then either motion back to two by two. Again, if I'm setting the strength to the trips, they're doing that to take advantage of my, you know, not really having a true overhang to the field now. Or if you don't do that, what they want to do is they're going to stay in trips and they're going to try to overwhelm you with numbers into the boundary and run that way. So I think you have to have a plan for that. Um, so just yeah. something I think every defensive coordinator has to think about if they're planning to do, you know, mm -hmm. field and boundary type stuff. Now, are you going to have, talk about your weak side core, I guess, uh, boundary corner, like, is, is that going to be more of a safety body historically, or, or is that going to just be your corner? Is he? Is he your worst of your two, your better of your two, your better tackler? Like what, what goes into thinking about a boundary corner over there? Um, you know, perfect world, you want them both to be the same, honestly. But since it's not a perfect world, you always put – in my opinion, I always put my best corner over there, all-around best corner. You know, he's going to be a guy who can tackle because, again, they're running to the boundary a lot. And you can also use him in specific ways. You know, some people like to do those cowboy blitzes. Some people like to trap coverage and kind of cheat and get an extra overhang from him and stuff like that. So he, you know, if you're doing those kind of things, that guy's got to be a ball player for sure. Mm -hmm. But you also want that to be your best cover corner because he's going to be in a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups. He's going to be on their best wide receiver a lot of time, and it's a shorter throw. And that's the main thing for me. If that's a shorter throw, we got to be covering that guy really, really well. You know, the corner to the field, you know, he's a guy that can zone off a lot can do different things like that because that's a far throw. And, you know, I just – there's not a whole lot of high school quarterbacks that I just super respect for that 
throw to the number one wide receiver into the field. You know, there's just not a whole bunch of guys that are great at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and leave like the that. ball up in the air a little bit and somebody can go get it. That's a good point. I, I mean, historically, I mean, being around here in Virginia Tech, the boundary corner has always been their best corner. Um, you think of guys like uh, D'Angelo Hall, the Fallers when they've been here, guys that are in the NFL, the, that's where they put them is that boundary corner because – and I wonder if it is because of the shorter throw, even in college. I mean, it, the shorter throw can hurt you quicker than a, a long, deep throw over the top. you got time to recover. So Absolutely. Now, it's a little different in college because of, of the hashes. You know, they have uh, mm-hmm. smaller hashes, so there's more space to each side no matter what. Um but the funny thing is, it's kind of funny you brought that up. Bud Foster kind of got away from that with the tempo type stuff. So now he's more of the past few years, he's been more of left and right for the most part. You know, I'm sure there's games where that's that's different. But a lot of times he goes left and right, uh, which I thought was you know somewhat interesting. But I just love the other thing I love about it. And this isn't really what the topic's supposed to be. But I love just being able to get lined up. I mean, I heard somebody give a quote the other day. I was watching a clinic. You know, we got all these quarantine clinics going on. And he said 75% of defense is just getting lined up. And I think that's especially true in high school football. And if your guys can just get lined up and are confident about their position, I think I think you're in pretty good shape there. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, this question is kind of defensively, it is geared towards more where are you putting your fast guys? I mean, it, it, offensively, you can – we have the chalk blast almost in, in some instances where we can we can kind of deceive people and put speed in space in different ways. But defensively, you got to line up prepared for everything. And, and so it is – it's almost an alignment question for you, whereas for me it's more of an assignment question. Like, Yeah, it, it honestly gets down to a philosophy question almost, really, because like you said, I don't know exactly what you're doing. Even game plan, I mean, game plan only gets you so far because, you know, think about it. In those other games, they're not playing you, for one. Teams always are going to treat you differently because you're different. Um, So there's a lot that goes into it. So I have to be prepared for what you want to do. And I have to, you know, the philosophy comes into where as something's going to be a little tougher, what am I giving up? You know what I mean? So you got to kind of build your defense around that. What are you willing to make harder on yourself? And what do you want to take advantage of the most? You know, and you got to plan your defense around that. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, offensively, flipping it to us, how do we like to get speed in space? And we kind of we, we run an outside zone scheme out of a traditional wing T set. We're, we're probably with our personnel this year may lean more towards kind of like a almost a pro set, like a 21 personnel where we have a tight end and H back who's a wing, but he can do all sorts of stuff. And then a traditional tailback, but we've got a lot of slot receivers and a lot of receivers that can do damage with the ball in their hands. So things that we traditionally like to do would be run a power read, um, give everybody down blocks and, and wrap your guard, have everybody in the box thinking it's power. And then if that guy squeezes, which a lot of teams in our area do, you're handing it to an athlete out on the edge with two-on-two block. It basically turns into a bubble screen with however much space you really want. If we run that to the field and we give it to a guy that's out, out there running in the field, and he's got a two-on-two, maybe sometimes a three-on-two. 
um, offensively if we have the numbers right. That's probably one way that we could do that. And then the flip side of that is, well, teams just expand or box you while our quarterback's now running downhill. And he's one of our faster players traditionally in what we do. And he's read a guy, he's taken him out of the equation. So we again have the numbers advantage. And now you're talking power with our quarterback. It's all sealed up and, and, and wrapped around. And you got a wrapper. A lot of times that mic is flying over the top because of how much we run jet. So most of the times our big plays on power read actually come when the quarterback pulls it and he's just gashing straight downhill. Um, so you guys are almost using space as like a decoy. You know what I mean? All right. Well, well if you let us, all this space is here, but you're willing to take the chunk yardage and, you know, get downhill. Absolutely. Again, power read is our ancillary play. It's our play off of our outside zone or our jet motion, which we run a lot. And most times teams all week in practice, and this is kind of getting back to the prep thing, those kids are seeing jet over and over and over and over and over in practice. We hit them with the power read early in the game. It's probably a first down. You know, it, it's one of those third and six calls that everybody kind of looks at you like, are you really going to call this on third and six? And you pop it for a 12-yard gain because mm-hmm. the, they overflow on everything and they overscrape and your quarterback pulls it and gets downhill. Now the good teams adjust right after that and you have to, it's back to a cat and mouse game. But uh, that's probably probably our best play this year that got – this past season that got speed into space. I think there's other ways we could do that in the future, but that was, that was a big one for us last year. Well, one play you got away from that I think got speed in space right now was uh, the arrow route. You've talked about a little bit. You want to talk about that at all? Yeah. So we, we had a rough time running inside zone last year and is our first year really trying to iron it out. So we've got some, different ideas for it this year but the way that we protected our inside zone last year was our arrow route and we would have um quarterback slot i'm sorry not quarterback uh x receiver in our slot out to the field and if it was two over two then we would put our wing over to the uh field as well so tight end into the boundary it's really a a four by one setup when you think about that because our back was to the field and we're going to run our inside zone towards the tight end and our H back is just going to run a little arrow or a little shoot route into the flat. And we're just reading the guy that's responsible for him. Most times overhang, uh, sometimes safety. If they go corner over whoever's responsible for him in the pass game, then we're going to read that guy. And if that guy sucks in at all, now we're three on two on the outside again with one of our better athletes, a bigger, stronger athlete catching it and getting vertical um, if he decides he wants to expand with them, that's great. We'll just hand, hand it off on the inside zone and go from there. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, jumping back defensively a little bit, I think I think uh, I think one thing that is interesting for this discussion is how people use their extra numbers. I think, and what I mean by that is, I feel like you know you always have those players who are, you know have to be run players first and then players who have to be pass players first, but then how you decide who's doing what gives you extra numbers in certain parts of the game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, making a true, you know, cover zero check. Now all of a sudden you got four guys completely 
completely in the pass, now you've got a lot of extra numbers. You see what I'm saying? You got all these extra numbers for the run. And I think high school football, that makes sense. You know, a lot of guys like to go cover zero and completely be, you know, aggressive with their front seven. Um, then you got other people who like to run cover one and stuff like that. And the way I think about cover one is I think it's kind of strange because you're taking your extra number away from the run game and putting in the pass. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Which is nice. You got that guy taking away the middle of the field. You got, you know, everybody's got help in their man-to-man -man coverage. And that makes a lot of sense. But, again, you're down a number in the run game. And those four man-to-man -man people, they're not really run game players either. You know what I mean? Really five man-to-man -man people. But, you know, the back is in the backfield. So, you know, that's a linebacker who's still a run player. But you kind of see what I'm saying there? I do. Go ahead. I mean, I guess if I were to be running that, I would just match. I would almost play like a cover 0.5 and have that free safety be matched with the running back. And mm -hmm. now he now he can be the extra number in the run because his key is the running back. If that running back is going downhill and 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 he's running a run play, okay, then I I'm free to kind of rob and and check the area first and then go get him because we still should have numbers up there. Um, but if that guy goes out in a route, I got to cover him um, and go down, run downhill and make the play on him. Now, that's definitely interesting, but you do realize you're losing your overhang now, though, right? Now your overhang is not a run first player. Now he's playing man to man on number two. You see what I'm saying? So that kind of puts you in a little bit of a different situation. Now, some people feel like, hey, at least he can still go kind of set the edge if that quarter, if that wide receiver tries to block him or whatever. And that's cool. But, you know. That overhang player for us is a is a very key player, so I would hate to kind of lose him. Lots of people do it. Lots of people love it, and I get it. But I, for me in high school football, I don't I don't see it. Now, college football, I would almost – college and NFL, I'd almost always have my extra number in the pass game probably. You know what I mean? Just thinking about what the NFL is. Um, but at the end of the day, you still have to stop the run, and a lot of teams showed that this year. But to me, I want to have – you know, the linebackers, to me, the linebackers are the guys who can kind of do both, but you can't put too much on the linebackers in the passing game, right? Because RPOs, if you expect those guys to, you know, be covering somebody in RPO, you're probably wrong unless you've really, really coached them up. And, you know, it's a situation where you want them to run, you know, third and 10, those linebackers can kind of be patient, make them run, step up, and make a tackle for a few yards. You know what I mean? To me, I want those guys to be able to zone off underneath and their help in the pass game. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what gets me into kind of like the quarters or the two read type situations where, you know, your man, the linebackers are man dropping and passing some stuff off. So they're always the key for me is they're always underneath the wide receivers routes. All it does is it makes it a little bit easier for that safety or corner or whoever to make a play. Think about it. if you got a linebacker coming underneath, that quarterback has to put a little bit of air on it. Now, all of a sudden, I have a little bit of time to get there. So, you know, it's taking away that space. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it, I, I mean, I, I think it's a, an interesting thought. It's something I think about a lot. I don't know. I mean, just coming from the wing T background and, and having coaches on staff that have the, that background reminding me, hey, let's get an extra number here. How can we get the extra number on offense? Because 
you can run something into the boundary, but if you have an extra number than the defense, you're going to get speed and space because your back's not getting touched. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? If, if your back's not getting touched and you're up through the linebackers and if you're taking an extra number and putting them on a safety, you're talking about the backside safety running across the field to make the play. We'll take that. I mean, that's a 30 yard gain, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So I think the numbers game comes into effect on offense and, some teams look at it a little different, like with RPOs and spreading teams out. I think we kind of look at it by bringing everybody in, making everybody play in a phone booth, and then having to cover outbreaking routes coming off of that in space, having mm -hmm. to having to make tackles um, in space because of the num the sheer numbers that we're throwing at certain things. Oh yeah, I think I think the outbreaking routes are tough on teams like that, you know, especially if you have a good wing, which I think we do. Um, you know, a guy who can go out and do it all. You know, you got to worry about him blocking. You got to worry about him running the ball. You got to worry about those outbreaking routes because if he can catch that ball and stick his foot in the ground and get upfield, that's that's definitely really really tough. I, um, and I've always liked bringing people in like you guys do and then running outside of them a lot too you know you're kind of you're bringing them in tight so you can get that edge i like that a lot as well and, and definitely put stuff in space that's kind of our philosophy is i mean we're going to bring everybody in and if everybody does their job and spills it spills it spills it spills it eventually we're going to have the edge and and hopefully we've got the edge with our ball carrier in a one-on-one -on -one situation making a corner tackle him or making somebody who an inside backer who's tracked him all the way out there overrun him and put his foot in the ground and get vertical. Yeah. So that's kind of the thought behind it. If everybody plays it right, sometimes the defense wins, but we can still put our foot in the ground and get vertical and you still got to make a one-on-one -on -one play. And, and I think that kind of brings me into my last point defensively is I think a lot of people, you know, I've, I've definitely heard this and, you know, offensive coaches from offensive coaches or just inexperienced coaches, They'll say things like, you know, defense is just about, you know, they just got to get off blocks and go make tackles. They got to do this. But really the, the job of the coach, the defensive coordinator, is to really find ways to make sure you guys can't get one-on-ones and that we have the extra number. Because I'll tell you up front, if there is space and there, there are going to be plays that get a little bit of space, if it's a one-on-one -on -one tackle, that's not a good situation for the defense. It's hard to win one-on-one -on -one tackles in space. You know what I mean? So we got to find ways to make sure we have somebody setting the edge somewhere, somehow, right? Whether it's uh, a safety, you know, being physical on a slot or, you know, a safety crack replacing. You know, that's a good example. There's got to be that edge set so everybody else can be those inside-out runners. Now, all of a sudden, I'm taking away space, right? That guy doesn't have any options. He's going to cut back into people coming to get him or he's going to try to slow. He's going to try to bounce it outside of the force. That's a good situation, too, because he's slow. You know what I mean? We're, we're taking away space. And that's what defense is all about. Yeah, I agree. I think this has really been a cool topic. It kind of turned a little bit from what I initially thought it was going to be. But when you're talking again, when you're talking about defense, it really is where you align your speed to mm -hmm. take away the space offense is kind of the opposite it's how do you use your speed to create space so i think that's yeah. been pretty cool thanks for joining us for another winners get waffles podcast as always you can reach us at winners get waffles at gmail.com follow us on twitter at wins get waffles w-i-n-s-g-e-t w-a-f-f-l-e-s 
and listen to us on YouTube, listen to us on iTunes, listen to us on SoundCloud, whatever you can find our podcasts on, please listen. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, interests, you want to host, reach out to us. Thanks for your time.